So here's what we're going to do. This morning, we're going to start off with a little participation. I know that might make you a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to ask everyone to participate. Uh, if you've ever wanted to participate in, in church, this is going to be great for you. If you're an introvert and you completely hate the idea, just kind of slip your hand up. Otherwise, everyone's going to look at you and laugh, um, and I'd hate for that to happen. That's a little peer pressure. You, you can laugh. Sorry to laugh. So here's what I, I want to do. Um, we're talking about this idea of being fully alive. And if I were to kind of ask you a question, I, I just want you to slip your hand up in, in the answer. How many of you, if I told you there is a way to live a life fully alive, completely alive, to, to the fullest of, it, of its potential, enjoying those moments, the memories, everything about it, if there was a way that you could live a life that was completely alive, the, the best, uh, the, the, the total potential, you actually could live that way, how many of you would say, put your hand up and say yes? I mean, that should be like every hand. That's, that's like a no-brainer. If you said no, I'm sorry. You're going to hate these next 40 minutes. <clears throat> um, but that's kind of the idea. We all want it, don't we? We all want to live well, like a life that's fully alive. We all want the, the best out of our lives. Like who would say, no, I'd rather have a, a miserable life and no potential and or awful kids, and a terrible marriage. No one wants that. We all want the best. We all want the best out of our life. We want the best for our kids and the best for our relationships. So here's, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to kind of put life, and I know life doesn't work this simple, but we're going to put life on the screen for you, and, and we're going to say, like, this is zero, this is, like, um, um, the worst of life, and then over here, this is a 10, that's the best of life. Somewhere in the middle, we'll say that that's five, that's, like, things are going okay, but not great. If I were to give you this graph, where would you put yourself? And you don't have to slip your hand up, I'm not asking you to, this is just between you and God and, and, and yourself and however many of yous there are inside you. This is all for you. This isn't for me. Where would you kind of put yourself on that line? If you were to look at your life and, and, and say, <clears throat> maybe I'm not a zero, but I'm definitely not a 10, where would you fall on that graph? Here, here's where I kind of, kind of fall. I, I kind of fall up there around an eight. Things are going pretty well at the moment. There's a, a decent amount of you in the room. First service was really full, so I'm feeling really good about church. But I had to wake up at like six to be here around 645, and that's not so good. That kind of, that kind of pulled me back a little bit. Uh, I love Notre Dame, and Notre Dame football is having a phenomenal year. We're 8-0, and and we just crushed Navy last night, like 44-22. to So, like, feeling great about Notre Dame. That's pushing me up, but the next few games are really hard games, so I'm a little worried and coming back. I have a phenomenal wife. Like, she is just ridiculously awesome. So that makes my life, some of you are nodding because you know my wife. She's like, yeah, that's like the better half. I, I get it. I agree. But that like pushes me up, right? My wife like increases my number a little bit, feeling good about, about that. She is just amazing. We have three kids. I love our kids. Our kids are awesome. That's making me feel really good. But all of my kids are girls. So that, that kind of brings it a step back sometimes. Like, <laughs> See, this crowd's more awake. It took a little longer for the first service to get that. Um, this week, we had an interesting week. I was able to take my girls to their fall fest at their school. They all got to dress up and play games, and they had popcorn and did activities and got all these awful toys that make all kinds of noise. It was really fun, though. They went and they had a great time. So that was feeling making my week good. But guess who was there? All those other kids. And all their noise and all their crying and their smells. And that kind of, you know, that just kind of pulls you back. I'm teasing with some of that, but you get, you get the idea. We kind, of, we kind of rate our lives by our experiences and where are we at. And, and I would say right now, things are looking pretty good. Things are about a 10 for me. Things are, are, are in my life are kind of looking up and I'm enjoying it. But here's what I want us to do. As we kind of look 
at, at this kind of chart of life, we kind of need to label a few things to figure out where we are, right? So here's what we're going to do. For, for, for zero, we're going to call this fully dead. This is like worst of the worst. This is like you hate your life, you hate your wife, you hate your kids, you hate your job. Like things just couldn't be going any worse than this. Hopefully, none of you find yourself at, at the zero. Um, we'll have a lot of work if that's you. <clears throat> but that's fully dead. And all the way over on the other side, for the, for the 10, we're going to call that fully alive. And that's everything's going well. You're like the envy of your neighborhood, right? Everybody loves you and everybody wants to be, to be with you. As a matter of fact, everybody wants like everything you have, that if they could like kind of transfer their life to your life, they would do it in a minute. They just, they love you. Everything is going well. Life is like fully alive. It's great. You're like the 10 out of a 10. But, but there's this, this kind of gap in the middle that we need to label as well. And, and I know we're not going to like this, but we're going to call this partially dead. And, and here's why. Because for, for some of us, <clears throat> we're, we're, we find ourselves somewhere on this line, maybe not at a 10 yet. If you find yourself at a 10, don't raise your hand and don't talk to people afterwards because no one wants to hear that. Right? No one wants to hear how everything's going perfect for you, but I'm all the way back here on the list. We find ourselves somewhere on the line. Even me, I find myself somewhere on the line, not living to the greatest potential I could, not living life to its greatest potential, not be living fully alive. We're back a little bit. And whether you find yourself with me or maybe you're like a 9.9 and you just have like that point one, there is a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And for some of you, it might be small. It might be that point one. You've got to find a way to bridge that gap. For some of you, it might be like an eight. For some of you, it might be like a four. And there's a lot of room that you need to make up in the middle. But there is this gap in all of us between how we're living now, where we are, and ultimately where we want to be and how we want to live. And here's the interesting thing, is that for all of us, if we find ourselves somewhere in between these two lines, we would all be living a life that's partially dead. We'd all be living a life that's partially dead and not fully alive. And I know that's not what you want to hear when you go to church, right? We all want flowers and rainbows and everything's going to work out. But, but the truth for us is, is that if we're not living life fully alive, then we're living life partially dead, right? We're either living fully alive or we're living life partially dead. Where do you find yourself on the spectrum? Where do you find yourself on that line? Are, are you somewhere between the zero and the 10? Are you somewhere on the partially dead side of things? Or are you living life to the full? Now, for most of us, we'd say we're somewhere in, in there, and we'd all kind of agree, I'd really like to get there, but I'm not sure how. I, I know there's more. I, I believe there might be a way, but I'm just not sure how I can get there. For others of you, you're not even sure about that. You see, the truth for us is we will never, ever live a fully alive life if part of us is partially dead. See, if something in our life isn't working, even if it's that like 0.1% or whatever it is, if something isn't working, we're not fully alive. We're partially alive or, or partially dead. Unless everything is at its best, is that, unless everything is at its full potential, unless everything is, at, is where we want it to be, we're not living life to the full, we're living life partially dead. And all of us would agree, we all want the full, we all want the best, we all want life to its greatest potential, but we don't seem to live it. And for some of us, we're not even sure we really can, which takes us really to the question for this series. This is the question we're going to try to answer over the next few weeks, and, and that's this. Is fully alive fully available? Is, is it really even available? Like you're talking about it, but, but can anyone actually live a fully alive life all the time? Is it even possible? 
Now, if you're like me and you're, and you're the optimist, I'm the eternal optimist. It drives my wife crazy. I, just, I see the good in everything. I, I, the cuff is always half full or it's always filling up miraculously somehow. It just, I, I, you see the best in it. And you hear this and it's like, yes, it's available. I just don't know how to find it, but I believe it's there. And I, I, I just need the help to figure out how do I live a life fully alive. But I do believe it's there. We're the kind of people that, you know, when life hands us lemonades, we're like, let's, let, let's make lemonade. We got some lemons, make lemonade. But there are others of you who, who maybe don't feel the way I do, and you hear this question, and you're the kind of people, you're not like the eternal pessimist. I'm not going to throw everyone under the bus and say, you're just miserable. But you're the kind of people that say, I just don't even know that it's possible. Like, like, you're the kind of people that say, if life hands you lemons, well, where's the sugar and where's the water? I mean, if it gave me everything, maybe I'll make some lemonade. You're the kind of people who maybe see a cup that isn't always half empty, but maybe it isn't always half full either. And you see this question, you go, I don't even know that it's possible. I'm not even sure that is a reality for me, or that's a reality for anyone. Is fully alive, fully available? Jim, I, I, don't, I don't think it is. See, I do believe it is, and that's why I decided to do this series. Because my hope over these next few weeks is to answer that question for you. Not just to show you that there is a way to live a fully alive life, but to actually outline the way to do it. Not just to say and pump up, yeah, you can live a life that is fully alive, that goes to its potential, to live life to its fullest. You can do that. But here's actually how you have to do it. Here's the path that takes you to a fully alive life. Because as we all agreed, we all want it, but very few of us find it. We all, we all want to find a way to bridge that gap and live a life to its full. But for years and years and years, we've been trying, and it feels like we're getting nowhere. And for some of you, my guess is you're sick of trying. You've put in the effort and you've tried, but it's getting you nowhere. And you feel like your efforts are, are, are just kind of being wasted and ruined. And you're really not even sure that's a reality. Today, my hope for you is that not only that you see that it's a reality, but that you find the way to get there. Before we jump into, into the scripture, which I'm really excited about, we kind of need to dispel some of the, the, the ideas about a fully alive life. Right? We, we need to, there, there are kind of these myths or, or maybe even bad definitions of what, uh, maybe even misconceptions about what fully alive is. So we're going to tackle those first and then we'll jump into it. Here's the first one. We often associate, associate fully alive moments with a fully alive life. We often associate fully alive moments. Right? We all have these kind of moments where we feel fully alive. Maybe for you, it, it's a little bit like me. I'm, I'm a risk taker. When I graduated uh, college, the gift to myself was to jump out of an airplane and you're thinking, that doesn't sound like a gift. That sounds like torture. That's about as close to fully dead as I ever want to get. Who would jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Me. And I understand how you feel because that was my mom. And I had to spend a lot of time trying to convince her. But jumping out of an airplane at 10,000 feet, plummeting to earth at 100 miles an hour, like you're, you know, the wind shaking your face in all kinds of weird ways. I've never felt more alive in that moment. To look out and see this incredible landscape. And you can, at that high, you can see like the curve of the earth. It was just absolutely amazing. I never felt more alive. But for some of you, the idea of that is like fully dead. Like, no, no, that's not my idea of fully alive. Maybe your idea of fully, fully alive is like a great meal. Whatever that great meal is for you. Like, the idea of that for me is like a good bowl of pasta on a Sunday afternoon watching football. It doesn't get better than that. That is like a fully alive moment. But maybe, maybe that's not the moment for you. Maybe it's, it's the first time you fell in love, right? And you just felt more alive in that moment than you ever have. You're just that hopeless romantic. Maybe it was when you got married. It was when you got married again. Maybe it was the first time you looked at your child. 
that first day they're born and you look into the eyes of your infant and it just captivates like something deep in your soul and you look down and you think, I have never, ever felt more alive than I do right now. Maybe it was chasing that job. Maybe it was buying that house or the car. But whatever it is, we all kind of have these moments, don't we, where we feel fully alive in the moment. And here's what's interesting. It's that these moments are fleeting, aren't they? I jumped out of an airplane and that felt great. I understand why people want to do it again and again. And then, you know, they go from 10,000 feet to 5,000 feet to like 500 feet. And they, they keep chasing that thrill again to feel alive again. We do that all the time, don't we? It kind of explains a lot about addictions, doesn't it? And, and, and why getting married once wasn't good enough. And now we're on our second, our third, our fourth marriage. It's why our first child wasn't enough. And now we have our second and our third and our fourth, and for some of you, you're going on fifth, and God bless you, a sixth. My mom went for seven. I mean, she just, wow. But it explains a lot about our, our personalities, doesn't it? We keep chasing that moment to feel alive again, to feel in love again, to feel exhilarated again. But these moments are fleeting, and they never really fill us up. They never help us feel fully alive. They, they might make you feel fully alive in the moment, but then the moment's gone, and what fill, takes its place? You see, these fully alive moments don't, doesn't mean that we're actually living a life that's fully alive. And here's another misconception. We'll spend a little less time on this one. <clears throat> uh, accumulating, sorry, living a full life leads to living fully alive. We have this idea that if we live a full life, that if we kind of fill our calendars, if we're, we're always busy, then we kind of feel fully alive. And I've talked to people week in and week out who, who tell me all the time how busy they are. I mean, in, in this culture, I don't know how we get anything done because we, we're, we're just busy all the time. and We never have time to get what we need done, done. They always talk about, you know, I'm, I'm going here and I'm, I'm taking my child to this thing and then we're headed over to that thing. We're going to this place. I, I talked to someone this week who, who was telling me they, they don't even have time to care for their kids because they got sports and they got ballet and then they have this and then they have this. And they go, I, I'm so exhausted and I spend all this money. And I think, man, you should feel fully alive. Like, look at your schedule. You're just, you're busy all the time. You should feel fully alive. But never once in, that middle, in the middle of a conversation like that has anyone ever said to me, the more full my calendar is, the more alive I feel. You see, it's almost always the opposite. The more full my calendar is, man, I am exhausted and I am tired and I'm just so busy. You see, because the truth is, this kind of works in reverse. Living a full life can actually work against living life to the full. But maybe the best thing you could do is take something off your schedule and take something off your calendar. Yesterday, I spent the day with my daughters. I decided I wasn't going to do anything but spend the day with them. <clears throat> and, and it was a very interesting day, um, to, say, to say the least. One, at one point in the afternoon, it was just me and my middle daughter, Sophia. And I gave her the, the, the remote and said, whatever you want to do, life is yours. If you want to watch movies, watch movies. You want to make popcorn. She wanted to make hot chocolate and watch movies. So I made her the best hot chocolate she's ever had. And we watched movies, and I got to tell you, these movies were terrible. The TV shows were awful, and I didn't want to watch any of them. But I wanted to spend time with her. And here's what it did for me. Taking time out of my life where I could be busy, and there are things, I mean, I have an old house. There is always something to do. And I decided, no, 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 I'm going to take this time for you. I felt more alive watching those god-awful TV shows than I did doing anything I've ever done on my house. That perhaps for you, the answer to feeling a little more fully alive isn't to fill your schedule with things to do, but it's to take something off. You see, the truth is for all of us, we all want to get here, but very few of us find a way to do it. 
And we tend to fill our life with things that, that sound like it should make us more alive. But at the end of it, what we find is we want more. It's not enough. There's not enough time in my schedule. I thought it would fill me up. There, there, there's not enough activities and events and, and things to do. And I'm still not where I want to be. So if we're all honest, how do we get from where we are to where we want to be? How do we live a life that's fully alive? If it is really available, Jim, how do I get there? See, believe it or not, we're going to find the answer in, in, in a very uh, familiar place. We're going to find the answer in Jesus. And I know what you're thinking. Right? Jesus is the answer to this? Yep, you're in church. We believe Jesus is the answer. In particular, we're going to find the answer in the book of John. John was one of Jesus' disciples. He was one of his apostles. He was with Jesus everywhere. In Jesus' life, there were like thousands of people that followed him everywhere. Those are kind of, uh, kind of considered the followers. And then there was a group of, of a few hundred people. Those were the disciples. They were a little closer to him. Then there was a group of 12, and those are the 12 you hear about. Those are the apostles. <clears throat> of the 12, there were three that go, went with Jesus everywhere. And of the three, there was one. That one was John. John was Jesus' like best bro. He was, he was the dude. He was it. When it was Jesus, it was Jesus and John. John went everywhere. He walked with Jesus. He saw what Jesus did. He heard what Jesus taught. And at one place in, in, in this whole kind of life story of Jesus in the Gospel of John, <clears throat> John writes down this incredible illustration as Jesus is teaching a ton of people. And Jesus often taught in these illustrations and these stories. John writes down with this story as Jesus kind of addresses all these people about living a fully alive life. And in particular, Jesus points out one group of people in particular, the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees were like the religious zealots of the day, and the Pharisees really were just trying to figure out, how do I live a fully alive life? Maybe it's by following all of the laws and all of the commands of the Old Testament. Maybe that's how you live fully alive. And if you know anything about the Old Testament and all of like the 636 laws, like that doesn't sound like fully alive. That sounds like torture and hell and punishment. But the Pharisees were trying to figure out, is that how we do it? And Jesus addresses them and essentially says, no, that's not how you live a fully alive life. Let, let me paint you a picture. Let me tell you a story. Let me give you an illustration. Here's how you live a fully alive life. And this is found in John chapter 10, verse 1. He says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. And really, when he says Pharisees there, that could be any of us. That's really anyone who's trying to figure out, how do I live a life that's fully alive? Very truly, I tell you. Very truly, I tell you. And very truly, I tell you. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And you hear Jesus' response, and it's like, okay, we're good. Let's, you know, we'll close in prayer and go home. But that, does that make any sense to you? I mean, I mean, really, we hear these words of Jesus and it's like, like does this mean, mean anything? Does that make any sense? And for us in this culture, it doesn't because uh, like, we're not connected to sheep and shepherds. Like, I don't know about you, but every time I walk my neighborhood, it's not like I pass Bill the shepherd and his flock of sheep and I'm familiar with what happens there. So let me give you a little history and a little background on what it was like in this first century as Jesus is talking to this crowd of people. The first thing you need to know is that sheep, as Jesus is referring to sheep, are like one of the dumbest animals in the world. They are, and I'm not trying to be rude to sheep. They're just really dumb. They don't, I mean, they wouldn't know where to eat if a shepherd didn't show them where to eat. They wouldn't know how to stay safe if someone wasn't there to keep them safe. They were like the unsharpest tool in the shed. They were not smart. They were just kind of dumb animals, and they needed a shepherd. They needed someone to care for them. They needed someone to show them where to eat. When it came to a sheep, <clears throat> the two things a sheep needs to live a fully alive life is provision and green pastures. That's it. 
They need safety and green pastures. They needed a shepherd to keep them safe. So during a day, during the day, the shepherds would like chase off wolves and bears and lions, anything that would try to attack the sheep. The shepherds would keep them safe, lead them to a green pasture where they could eat food, and then he would walk them back to the sheep pen. And that was the provision at night. And these sheep pens were so big that other shepherds would use the sheep pen as well. They would bring all their sheep. The sheep would kind of intermingle. You know what I mean? Get to know one another. Like, how you doing? You good? How you doing? And then when the shepherd would come back at night, the shepherd would call to his sheep or in the morning. He would call to his sheep. And this was incredible. Although the sheep weren't smart, they recognized the voice of their shepherd. And all the shepherd had to do was call his sheep and all of his sheep would leave the pen. And when he had them all together, he would lead them out. So Jesus is kind of painting this picture of a sheep and, and, and a shepherd and that whole kind of relationship and how it goes. He goes on and, and he says this. Well, before we, we jump there, <clears throat> he makes some special kind of acknowledgement about the gate to the sheep pen, right? That the only way to, to kind of legitimately get to the sheep or have the sheep leave is through the gate. That the gate is the only way to enter or exit the sheep pen. That anybody that came in outside of the, the gate, that came over the fence or over the pen, they were there to cause harm. They were there to steal. They were there to destroy. They were there to take. That the only legitimate way, the only person who would, who would kind of enter in through the gate was there to do something different, was there to, to, to provide safety, was there to provide a fully alive life. And then he goes on and he says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. This is for the shepherd. And the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls out to his sheep by name, and he leads them out. This was one of those incredible things uh, about sheep, that the shepherd just kind of led them out. He just walked, called their name, and walked them out of the pen. <clears throat> when he has brought out all of his own sheep, he goes on ahead of them. And this is one of the interesting things about this relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So unlike the relationship, like if you're kind of raising cattle, and you have to herd cattle in, and you've got to kind of keep them tight to make them do what you want them to do, as a shepherd, you call their name, and then he would walk out in front of them and just walk. And the sheep would follow him because the sheep recognized his voice and trusted him. They trusted that the shepherd was going to take them to the place they needed to be, to the place where they could eat, to the place of green pastures, where they could live fully alive lives. They trusted their shepherd. And they followed him because they recognized his voice. Now, at this point in the crowd, they're trying to put the pieces together. Every illustration, there's a person who represents God and there's a person who represents the people. So they're kind of thinking, well, I know who represents God, right? We've heard of God referred to as the good shepherd. So clearly God must be the shepherd. But if you're calling God the shepherd, Jesus, are you calling me the sheep? Like, am I the dumb sheep? And unfortunately, yeah, you, for this illustration, you're the dumb sheep. You're the people that don't know where to go and you, know, you need someone to protect you and you need, you need the green pastures. You're the sheep. But then Jesus does this absolutely incredible thing. He writes himself into the illustration. He writes himself in. He, he does it this way. He says, I am the gate. I am the gate. You see, there's only one legitimate way for the sheep to come into safety and there's only one legitimate way for the sheep to go find green pastures and that is through the gate. And I am the gate to all of that. I am the gate to safety. I'm the gate to green pastures. I am the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved. And now we're kind of wondering, like, what do you mean by saved, Jesus? Like, is this like big picture saved? Like, you know, forgiveness of my sins and, and, and forgiveness for the things I've done wrong and the, the, the grace and the love and the mercy of God shines upon me and, and gives me a way to, com to connect with God so that I can spend an eternity in heaven with him? Like, are we talking that kind of save? And Jesus would say, yeah, but there's more. It's not just that. 
You see, what, what I'm also talking about, the, one of the reasons I came was to save you from the things that cause you to live a partially dead life. One of the reasons I came wasn't just to provide safety so, so that you could know God and you could be in heaven with God and live a happy life there, but, but that I wanted to save you from all the things that would rob you of joy here, that would rob you of fulfillment here, that would rob you of the fully alive life that you have the potential to reach. I've come to save you from the things that cause you to be partially dead. You see, it's even more than what you thought. It's greater than what you thought. It's so much bigger than what we thought. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out, and they will find pasture. Let me ask you a question. What does pasture look like for you? What would your pasture look like? Is it all the things that are robbing the joy from your life? Is, is, is the pastor, the, the, the goodness and, and the, the, all the things that God has promised and all the things that Jesus has promised? I think we'd all say, yeah, like that sounds great. Who doesn't want to live a life that's full of joy, that has a great relationship with, with our spouse or our boyfriend or our girlfriend or our kids or our parents? Who doesn't want to enjoy their job and wake up feeling like every day I get to do what, what I get to do? This is awesome. Who doesn't want to live that way? You see, really, the, the pasture for us is the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is really is about as good as it gets. The pasture is all of God's goodness. And then Jesus makes this incredible statement. This is the, the last verse we're going to look at, and this is the verse that I'm sure most of us know. He says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, Jesus, I have come that they, that the sheep... That you, that me, that all of us might have life and have it to the full. You see, only the thief jumps over the gate. Only the thief comes over the wall of the pen and he steals and he kills and he destroys. But, but to go through the gate, to go through me, you'll find life and you'll find it to its full. You see, through me, there's safety and there's provision. Through me, there's green pastures. There's the goodness that God offers. And all of us want that, don't we? All of us want the goodness of God. All of us want the greener pastures. All of us are willing to say, I, I would do whatever it took to, to get from where I am to where I want to be, to live that fully alive life. I, I'm willing to do it. For some of us, we try and we try and we pray and we try and we pray and we try and we, we fall up short every time. We've worked so hard. But we're never able to bridge that gap. We're never able to get where we want to be. We're never able to get even to where God wants us to be. We're never able to get to all of God's goodness. And what does God's goodness actually look like? Jesus said it would live life to the full. The Apostle Paul says another way. The Apostle Paul says, and the Apostle Paul, mind you, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He, he kind of knows what he's talking about. He writes about God's goodness, but he refers to it as the fruit of the Spirit. And he says this in Galatians. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Let me ask you a question. What would it look like if we just threw a, like one of these things into your life? As you think about your life and where you are on that number scale, what if we just threw in a little peace? 
How would that change your life? Would you move up the scale a little bit? Would you maybe go from like a five to a six or a six to a seven? Would it close that gap if we just threw in a little, a little piece? I don't know about you, but you know, I don't enjoy driving around my broke, beat-up minivan. But not having an extra payment and being financially strapped in my life gives me a little more peace. I didn't think I'd ever want to be in a house that was so full of women. But let me tell you something. Those kids are freaking awesome. And I love every moment I get with them. And being with them makes me feel more alive than all of my moments without them. What if we offered a little peace? What if, what if I mean, the list goes on from there. What if we offered you just love? What if, what if your life had a little bit of joy in it? How would that change your life? Would your number begin to move? Would it grow up the chart? Here's the amazing thing about all of this. It's not like you get to pick one and forget the rest. It's like, well, I'll just take a little love this time and I'll forget the rest. And maybe when I'm done with love, I'll come back to joy. No, no. God wants all of this for you right now. All of it. His intention for your life is to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And, and it, that's hard. Like we think through these things. We're like, but, but what's a life of self-control? Like we struggle with that. And then we see someone who, who, who's been suffered an, an incre- like incredible harm. Something was done to them that was so unfair and so unjust. And you're thinking, how in the world did you have self-control? I could never do it. I mean, there'd be a prison sentence, but there'd be no self-control. How, how are you that kind when something that bad happens to you? How do you have so much peace when you've suffered such a, a horrible thing? And the sickness has just ravaged your family. See, and these people would sit back, the people that we know that have suffered through tragedy and have peace, that have suffered through harm and have joy. And they would say, man, I'm I'm more alive now than I've ever been. Because this is really what we all want, isn't it? We all want to feel loved and we want to love. We all want to wake up feeling joyful. We all want to be kind. We all want to have kindness shown to us. We all want peace in our lives. I, can't, I don't know of anyone who wakes up and is just like anxious, man, I'm going to go fight today. Like we all want peace. You see, this is the goodness of God. And Jesus says, the way to this, the gate to this is me. Jesus is the gate to God's goodness. Jesus is the gate to your fully alive life. And he would say, it's all there for you. It's not one, it's not even a few, it's all there for you. I have come so that you might have life and have it to its full. Not just an eternal life with God, which is going to be awesome, and when you get there, you're going to have joy, but it's not like he did all that so that you could like live your way through life, spend 80 years here miserable, hating your life, just overwhelmed with fear, never feeling loved, never showing kindness. Like, like He didn't do that. His hope for you wasn't just to get to heaven and enjoy life. His hope for you was to enjoy life now. I have come so that you might have life and have it to its full so that you could reach the full potential of your life right here. I don't want anyone to stay at an 8 or a 4 or a 9.9. You can live a life that's fully alive and the way to do it, he says, is through me. You can find a fully alive life. You can find everything you've been looking for. You can find all of the things that you've worked so hard for but you've never seemed to get. You can find it all through me. 
See, so many of us have tried so hard and have never found the way. At the beginning of this, this message, we opened up with a question that I think is a good question. Is fully alive fully available? But this morning, I think there's an even better question that I think you need to answer. And the better question is a little more personal. It's something we all need to answer on our own. And the question goes a little bit like this. In whom is fully alive fully available? Where are you going to find fully alive? Is it, is it in you? Is it in, in someone else like your spouse or your children or your job? In whom do you find fully alive? Jesus said, there's no other way but through me. I am the gate to all of God's goodness. I am the gate to living a life fully alive. And, and for years you've tried and for years you've worked and it's like you, you're just hitting your head off the wall and you never seem to make any ground, to make any headway. And you're tired and you're frustrated and maybe you feel like giving up. And in this moment, Jesus would say, don't give up. Try me. Is fully alive available? Yes. And whom is fully alive available? That's Jesus. And for some of you today, it's going to mean taking a step back and saying, Jesus, I'm sick of trying. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, and I'm not getting anywhere. It's like I'm, I'm reliving this, like Groundhog Day. I'm just going through the same thing over and over. And I can't do it on my own. So in our next few minutes, here's what we're going to do. The worship band's going to play a song for you. And I just want you to sit where you're at. I, I'm not going to ask you to stand and sing along. This is a, a time for you to think about what's been said. At church, we like to do a lot of things. We like to have fun. We, we do some fun things at the beginning. We sing songs. We have good information. But good information isn't it. What good is the information if you don't apply it? So in this moment, I want to give you a chance to apply it. Think about where you are on that scale. Where is your life? Uh, what number are you? And if you decided to go through Jesus, could that number increase? Could you make it from a four to a five? Could you make it from an eight to a nine? If you're at a nine, could you make it to the 10? If you decided for the first time in your life to go through Jesus and stop going through, through you, I am the gate to all of God's goodness. I am the gate to living a life that is fully alive. I'm going to ask every head to be bowed and eye closed. And every time we conclude one of our services, we do so in prayer. This morning, I, I want to just take just a few more minutes before we go. If there's any of you here that, that, that have felt like in this moment, as you're kind of thinking through your life and where you are and how to get from where you are to where you want to be, and you're willing to say in this moment, man, I've tried it on my own so many times. Today, I want to try it with Jesus. Today, I'm willing to transfer my trust, maybe some of it, maybe all of it, but I've realized I can't do it alone. I'll never get to where I want to be on my own. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something that I know is challenging and I know it's going to take a step of boldness, but I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment. And I want to pray for you. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. No one's going to look around. This is between you and God, but I want you to take a step today where you would respond to what's going on inside your heart. Would you in a moment say, I am willing today to do it with Jesus, to go through the gate to the full life because I've tried before and it hasn't worked. I've tried it on my own and I've never gotten it. If that's you, if today you're willing to say, Jesus, I'm transferring my trust to you and I want to do life with you. I want to reach the full life with you. I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. One, 
two, three. If that's you, would you stand to your feet? Is there anyone here who's willing to say this morning, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Today, Jesus, I'm willing to do it with you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you that there is a way to get where we want to be, and that is through Jesus. And I pray for the courage and the boldness for every person here to take the step in that direction, to go through the gate, to go through you, to reach their full life, God, all of the potential, all of the things that they could do and they will do, they could do through you. I pray for the wisdom to find that way. I pray for the wisdom to walk through Jesus and the courage to do it when life gets tough and when it's challenging. I pray that you would bless them and that you'd be with them and that you would begin to make their path to the fully alive life straight. In Jesus' name.